Welcome back to episode 61 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here on Chess Journeys, we don't just seek to highlight the highs and glories of ratings gain, but dive into the plateaus and even the pits of despair below. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. I want to thank our queen-level supporters, Jay Tuttle, Jay Garrison, Donna Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, and Lindsay Newhall. There's also merch available if you want to have a, a cool shirt with the Chess Journeys logo, maybe wear it to a tournament. People are like, oh my goodness. Actually, I've never heard of that show. Tell me about it. Uh, you can go to the link below to get that. I definitely want to thank our sponsor, Chessable. Wow. Uh, what can you do with Chessable? Well, everything. Uh, you can do openings, endings, strategy, uh, tactics. I've really been working on my tactics with Chessable. I'm doing the Checkmate Patterns Manual. And I'm feeling good, actually. I got to say, when I first got that program, I was struggling with some of the patterns. And they're, they're starting to feel easier and easier. And uh, yeah, it's, it's certainly working for me. I'm at about 90 days and counting. I'm just waiting for that day when I forget. It was almost last night, 11.35. I was like, what? Adjustable streak. I, don't worry, everybody. I got there. I got it done. Uh, if you want to appear on the show, you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. We all want to hear your story. I'm sure it's an interesting one. And today we are going to bring our guest of the day. We've got Raphael. He's an adult improver. He is applying to medical school. He's an army reservist drill sergeant. Sounds to me like he's like the busiest person I've ever heard of, yet he still finds time for chess. Raphael, how are you doing? And have you played any chess yet today? Hi, and I'm doing really good. And I played too much chess today. I played a couple of blitz games to get ready for the interview. And I also watched the St. Louis Rapid and Chess tournament that was going on just to get my chess brain going for our conversation. Okay, interesting. When you say blitz, I'm always curious to hear how people define blitz. So what's your time control of choice? Well, my control choice uh, over the board is five minutes. Online is three minutes. Okay, is and this three zero five zero? Three zero. I don't need bonus time. I don't need increment. I'm a straight degenerate. Uh, I just, if I'm losing a position, I will flag you, and I have no shame in that. Okay. If you drop a piece on accident, that's also for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I never understood this idea. If you play someone in 3-0 and then you flag them, how could they be upset? That's like half the game. If you're not playing with increment, then flagging is a very serious component. It always boggles my mind when there's, like, drama about, oh, they flagged me. It's like, yeah. They flagged you because you ran out of time. That's how it works. You got what you signed up for. Yeah, exactly. That is why I personally play 5-5. Five five, um, and that's just a training thing. It's very rare that I get to flag somebody in like a, uh, a tournament over the board game where they have a 30-second increment. But you never know. Could, could happen. Could happen. All right. Why don't we start with uh, what's your current situation like? What are the things that are either giving you time for chess or pulling you away from chess? Do you have pets, children, jobs, other people in your life? What's your life looking like these days? So no pets or children. So I'm winning there. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of free time. And I graduated this past December from my master's of biomedical engineering. So I do have a bit more time now because I'm also applying to medical school. So hypothetically, this is the best study time. But I'm also not studying as much as I should because I hit a little bit of plateau because I'm like, I should be playing more over the board than, mm. you know, online content, but it's all right. Uh, let's see. What else was there that you asked about? 
Uh, any significant others in your life? Oh, yes. I have a girlfriend who also, uh, she lets me play a lot of chess. We go to chess clubs together. She just walks there. Like, she's my chess mom, basically. She has oh, my wow. stacks. Oh, my she, goodness. Uh, between games, I go talk to her. She's very sweet. She likes to watch chess with me, too, which is very rare. Thank God for people like uh, chess punks. Uh, anyone there, the chess bras, pretty much most chess streamers, she actually enjoys watching, but she does not like to play. It gets her uh, far too anxious. Ah, so she likes chess. She likes a lot about it, but just the, the playing itself is too much. Has she tried doing puzzles at all? Anything like that? Yeah, she pu that? puzzles and analysis, she's fine with. Oh, playing okay. against someone else, whew, stressful, for, stressful world. Okay. She's about like 500 ELO, which is pretty good. Yeah. But she just doesn't want to play more games. Okay. Interesting stuff there. Yeah, I would love to have someone who came with me to my chess tournaments and was like, here's your, your bagel. I got you your your juice box. It would be great. Um, I'm always jealous of my little children opponents. And now my daughter's in that in that ballpark. We go every Wednesdays now together to this tournament. And uh, it's been fun. At this place, there's no seat numbers. So we just always sit next to each other. And then she brings an iPad. And when her game is over, she plays on the iPad till my game's over. So it's a win-win for her. She gets chess time and iPad time at the same time. You can't beat that. All right. Uh, let's dive into your backstory and your origin. When did you start playing chess? Did you learn as you know a five-year-old kid? Uh, did you just pick it up yesterday? What's going on? Uh, just like anyone else, my dad taught me when I was a little kid. I didn't have really internet, so I would play against like Windows 95 chess program. Really bad. Uh, I spent hours on it, but uh, that's pretty much where my chess stopped as a kid. There was no chess clubs that I knew about. There probably was, but in the 90s and early 2000s, it's not like it was well publicized. So chess took a backseat for a long time. Just curious and, real quick. Were you able to beat your Windows 95 program? Uh, I would like to say I did, but I was probably eight and it would destroy me. Wow. I have no peace besides playing infinite games against it. I was probably wow. dropping pieces every two seconds. I would like to see how Stockfish does against the Windows 95 chess program. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so you're getting whooped by the Windows program. Uh, did you drop chess completely? Did you keep it in the background a bit? What, what happened then? Just in the background, like I got to high school and there was a chess club there. There was four or five people. I got my best friend to go along with me. And it was basically just three of us playing against each other the whole time. The chess uh, coach or advisor, he was like 90 something years old. So it's not like he was super involved in the chess world. He was just kind of there to babysit us, which was fair. And then um, he dropped comments like, I remember playing with Emmanuel Lasker. To be fair, I wish he was like that. I would, I would have loved that. He was just sitting there in the corner, yeah, eat his newspaper, and would just eat up an hour of his time, and then would leave. Unfortunately, so no chess models growing up. So heartbreaking looking back now. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay. definitely gonna make sure my kid's gonna be in the chess world, whether they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I, I exposed both of my children to it. And one of them, very similar to what you're talking about with your girlfriend, where she, I could tell she liked chess. She didn't like the battle of chess. And I just remember when I taught her about like, I'm going to take your bishop, but you can just take it back. And she like burst into tears and was like, but that's my bishop. 
I was like, oh no, this is going to be challenging. <laughs> that was her favorite bishop. Why would you do that? Yes. So, man. Um, okay. So you're through high school. You're what? What do you think your ELO is right now? Are we looking at like 200? What are we, What are we thinking? I believe in my head at the time, I am average player. I am 1200. Oh, nice. But in reality, I'm probably like three, 400. Okay. Yeah. And after high school, I ended up joining the army. I, my job was a medical laboratory scientist. So I would run blood samples, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the school training for the army was a year long for that MOS or job. And during lunch break, I would, there, we would hang out in the library and I would play chess there too. Hmm. But I'll play against my other soldier friends, but everyone's bad. We're all like 200, 300, <laughs> wasting time, but it's fine. It's fun. And that's why most people play chess for fun. Mm-hmm. And then once I got out of the active army and went to regular college, I stumbled across this uh, kid in like, the cafeteria. Just has his chess board out. He's ready to play chess. Like, yeah. all right. So right. I, I approach him. I start playing him. I beat the bricks off this kid. Oh. I'm like, I still got it. I am good at chess. <laughs> I could beat this stereotypical nerd at chess. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so we end up actually becoming really good friends. Uh, he ended up opening a chess club at our school. Gotcha. And we ran a little uh, community college uh, chess tournament. Nice. Which somehow, I don't know how, I got second place. Ooh. And looking at the games now, because I have pictures of it, I don't have the notation, unfortunately. Our boards are a mess. Like <laughs> I don't, I'm surprised we oriented it right. right. <laughs> the guy who won the tournament, he was probably like 800 ELO. Mm-hmm. So I was like, whatever. I'm still good enough at chess. I'm winning these chess tournaments. Yeah. I can beat these stereotypical nerds. Uh, and I end up going transferring out to. Uh, a bigger four-year university, University of Central Florida. Mm. And I'm like, all right, time to check out this chess club, beat up on these nerds, and then <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, to my dismay, everyone there was actually incredibly strong. Oh. Uh, there was experts, there's national masters there, and just like the average rating probably was like 14, 1500 level. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so it was heartbreaking when I did. I was there now, losing everything. <laughs> yeah, were you able to beat anybody at that club? It took a while. So, like, one of the guys I played a lot in the beginning, it's like, that, I have that anger in me. Like, why am I losing to you? I feel like I'm better than you. So I, <laughs> I went on. I went home, downloaded Chess.com, and started playing. I'm like, you know, start you off at 1,200. I'm like, yeah, I, I belong here. And I made it to 1,100. Like, okay, this is kind of wrong. 1,900. <laughs> 800 and I finally hit my store at 750. Mm. I'm like, all right, maybe playing like blitz games online is proving to me that I actually suck at this game. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started watching a lot more YouTube and just going to the chess club a lot more often. And mm. back then, only like Jerry from the chess network was good on YouTube. Okay. So uh, I watched what? all of his videos. What year are we talking about here? This is 20. 14 2015 oh wow okay yeah so like wow youtube's youtube's itself is pretty young at that point is twitch even going twitch, or it's like just thing, TV or something yeah it just transformed from justin tv at that point because i was yeah. starting to watch chess bras around that time too oh wow i didn't lo- realize chess bras were that old yeah i was streaming a game called soul forge around that time 
not playing chess anymore. Sad, sad days, sad days. You're, okay. You're probably much happier then. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't because the game had a lot of RNG and I would just rage on the stream. That's why I ended up stopping. It was too rage filled. Um, all right. So you have found this chess club. You're able to actually play over the board chess on a regular basis. You're getting your butt kicked. You are now motivated to no longer be uh, the punching bag of your club and you are starting on YouTube. All right. So where are you gravitating towards? I heard Jerry's chess network and anything else even around? The, the classic man himself, John Bartholomew. Climbing uh, the rain ladder. That's when he started making those videos. And I'll watch it like the day it dropped, watching all of those videos. Sank uh, Lewis Chess Club. They started uploading a lot of videos at that time. So I was just watching chess on repeat as much as I could mm. of just chess, opening chess, 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 end game, middle game, et cetera. And eventually I ended up starting being some of my club members, not the experts, oh. but I started winning some games. And are these then, uh, rated games or are these just kind of like fun at the chess club? Fun at the chess club. Okay, got it. And then my friend from my community college who uh, we ended up going to two different four-year universities. I have him on Facebook and now I see him getting grandmaster lessons. I see him doing private tutoring. I'm seeing him doing everything. I'm like, I can't let this guy get better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so I start grinding a lot more. So I, with wow. YouTube alone, I made it to about like 12, 1300. Which okay. is actually really good, but that is impressive. Were you doing a wide range of stuff then on YouTube? Were you were you working on openings, middle games, endings, or is it more just like living, breathing, ladder climb? Just living, breathing, eating chess YouTube. Okay, so basically whatever they put up, you're watching. Exactly. I wasn't really opening books. Like I got recommended books. I had some books, but I was like, I never read my books for school. Am I really <laughs> gonna read my books for a hobby? Yeah, that gets really challenging, right? I, I have a friend who he's like, I want to start looking at end games. And so I recommended Silman's end game book and he bought it. And he was like, Kevin, what are you doing, man? This book's like 800 pages. I was like, just read 10 of them. And he's like, I can't even read one. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> then, then I don't know what to tell you. It's a good book though, trust me. Okay, so you are just videos. It's hard for me to even imagine this this video world where there's just so few providers that you are sitting there waiting for the next one to drop and then re-watching the other ones while you're waiting for the new one. Is that kind of what you did? Like you, you watched a Basically. bunch of them multiple times? I watched, I watched everything I could. And then the, my favorite openings, I'll rewatch it. Cause like mm. I'll play the, the games over the board, get, still get destroyed. Cause I still suck. Go watch the video. Like where did I go wrong? Then realize I had, the whole opening idea wrong in my head. So mm -hmm. rinse and repeat for weeks on end at the chess club. Okay, interesting. Were you playing at all online as well or just in the chess club? Both. So as soon as I get home from the chess club, go online, grind out like 50 more games that day, really unhealthy amount. <laughs> but it's how it works. I think the first two years, I probably put in like three to 4,000 games easily of Blitz online. Wow. So how many hours a day do you think you're dedicating to chess in this period? Easily like two to three hours a day. Okay. And some of it YouTube, some of it just losing a blitz, re-going in, losing, winning, winning, losing yeah. for a couple hours. Like friends will call me or text me. 
instantly hang up the phone because I play on my phone. Like, if they called me and they, they got sent to voicemail, they knew, like, oh, he's playing chess. <laughs> uh, would you ever analyze these games or was it just like, boom, boom, keep running, keep running it, it them dep- out? It depended. It, like, if I just dropped the whole piece, I, I don't, no need to analyze because, yeah, I'm just dumb. I, I know exactly where that went wrong. Sure. But if it feels like I just got grinded out, 100% analyze those games. Oh, like, okay. Why am I losing? He's just slowly, like, Karpovian beating me. Yeah. Interesting. So if you don't know instantly what the problem was, you are investigating. All right. So it sounds like, and how long did it take you to get from 750 to 1200 or so? Uh, Probably like eight months-ish. It was a pretty quick run. Uh-huh. When you're obsessed with the game, that's what happens, I guess. Yeah. It's so hard because I'm I'm really tempted to say this line that I say a lot, which is like, those are the easiest points to get. But plenty of people get stuck at 900 for two years, right? I think a lot of it is that that time, like you said, you're putting in two to three hours, really grinding hard. I, I think that that allows you to to move up kind of quickly. Did you feel at the time like, yeah, I'm getting good fast, like I'm gonna be <laughs> real good at this game? Like, where did you think you were gonna top out at? Uh, it was my dream at the time. Like, if I hit 1800, I'm a solid club player. Okay. That's where I want to be. Oh, nice. So when I hit like twelve hundred, I'm like I'm halfway there. Type of like me. Oh. Uh, so like I I can make it there. That is but, so reasonable. Most people who have those quick climbs are like doing the math and like let's see, grandmaster in three years. All right, I'm on my way. I kind of knew uh, <laughs> once you like as much YouTube I was watching. Like if I'm not a, a little kid grinding like this, I'm not gonna hit grandmaster or I am. At best, I'll hit national master okay. if I dedicate a couple thousand more hours. But it's so easy to say a couple thousand more hours, right? <laughs> the commitment and actual good study plan with it are two completely different things. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you basically just got to twelve hundred doing what you were enjoying. You're just you're just grinding YouTube and playing chess. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> did you hit a plateau that made you sort of change it up, or did it just like a natural evolution? Um. Well, since I was watching John Bartholomew so much at that time, that's when he partnered up with, uh, I forget the owner, but of Chessable. And Chessable was brand new. I was probably one of the first, like, thousand members. And Mm -hmm. I just started doing the short and uh, simple, sweet and simple, whatever. Short and sweet? Short and sweet. There we go. Those books. And I did the French. I did all the E4 openings I played. And from there, I went from about 1,300 to 1,600 just brute force memorizing lines even if i didn't understand it gotcha so it's kind of like and before that did you have an opening repertoire or did you just kind of play by opening principles or something uh basically opening principles that i made up that weren't real (laughs) (laughs) made of your own opening principles that's cool mostly just heavy tactics throw everything at him eventually he's going to drop something get made because at 1200 everyone drops mate in one like every 10 games okay and was this, did you ever play longer time controls or were they all like 3050? Well, mostly, I would say like 99% were blitz games, but the chess scene in Orlando was actually really, really good. So mm. I got to play in some rapid games at the time. And I did pretty good. I beat like a, a 1400 at the time when I was uh, 700 USCF rated. So that felt good. <laughs> yeah, uh, not for that person. 
oh, not wrong. And then I played in the Southern Open when I was about like 1400 online blitz. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going in here, big guns, like I'm 1400 online. This is yeah. the under 1000 section. I am going to wreak havoc. You're going to win some money. That's what I thought. Yep. I got like two and a half out of five and I went <laughs> home with tears. <laughs> yeah. I actually got a, a trophy for the highest underrated player, but, oh. but it's, uh, so it's, it's not the same as uh, money or first place trophies. Yeah. And did you attribute that to like playing so much blitz is just different than classical chess? Like the strategies you were using didn't translate as well or like two and a half out of five is not that bad. It's pretty solid, but I, I think it was just like, I got too cocky. Um, I'm like, I know I'm better than these people. I'm higher rate online. Yeah. And then you don't think about one move and then you're down on tempo the whole game or you're slowly just losing it. Like, why am I here? Why is chess so painful? <laughs> oh my goodness. I've, I've asked myself that question before, especially when I'm up like eight, according to Stockfish, and then I make one move and I'm losing. And I'm like, what? Why do I Why do I even show up here if I'm going to do this? You found the one bad move. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the worst when Stockfish is like, here are seven good moves. And then you make yours and it's like, what? What are you even doing? That's the only move that's bad. Oh, Stockfish, why are you so cruel to me? Okay. So, um, it sounds like chessable had a pretty big impact for you. And is it, is that because do you think it's the memorizing of the lines or do you think it was more that you finally now worked out an opening repertoire where you were kind of comfortable then with like the plans of what you're trying to do as well as, as learning some concrete lines? The second part, definitely for sure. Now I actually have opening repertoire. Now I have one for white and black for E4 and D4. Everything else, I'm like, I really don't have to worry about. Like, there's not too many people who play the English, not too many people who play the ready. So just yeah. one main weapon that I know very in depth on each side helps so, so much. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the really interesting dilemmas of when you hear high-level players talk, they'll, they'll often talk in like, I call it Sith talk, you know, like it's either this or this. Uh, but they'll be like, you just don't look at openings at all until you're 2000 or like statements like that. And I just think, I think what they're really trying to say is don't buy chessable courses and spend 8,000 hours grinding French lines. Um, but should you have a response to E4 that you like? Yeah, you, you probably should at some point. And it's well before 2000. Okay, so you know how to have an opening repertoire. You've, you've done all your videos. You have played a whole bunch of over-the-board chess. Have you been grinding puzzles in here as well, or does that just come with the videos and the over-the-board chess? It's just like the daily five chess.com puzzles. That was most of it. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't, I didn't never got like a, a puzzle book, but I would do my daily five. And if I wanted more, I would go to lead chess and do infinite more I want to. But I didn't really get into puzzles until like, or heavy into puzzles to like the 17, 1800 range where I started grinding puzzles every day, hmm. at least 25 per day. That's really interesting. So I think for a lot of people, tactics and puzzles is a large part of their earlier game. So that's that's interesting that you got up pretty high without doing the puzzles. Did you find um, that you had an immediate impact on your rating by doing those puzzles, say, for six months? 
the puzzles helped just solidify what I was doing good because mm. the, my improvement helped a lot because I was a very aggressive player. I would just get to forceful, aggressive, easy to follow lines compared to playing something slow and closed system. I like to open pieces flying. So puzzles helped, you know, with, you know, winning a free piece or a checkmate. Mm. But puzzles helped the most uh, just consistency in chess where I'm actually doing something every day where I can improve on. Okay, interesting. I guess uh, going back a little bit, when you were doing chessable, when you were doing your videos, were you trying to make sure you were doing it every day? Or is it just you were so obsessed, you were just doing it every day because that was your obsession? No, it was a part of my daily checklist. And I, I was so happy I got to like 300 days on chessable in a row. I'm like, none of my friends were on chessable at this time. I had now new rivals. And I'm like, hey, you guys got to get on chessable. And it was so fresh. No one knew about it. So I felt real good. That's why it hurt so much when my streak died one random day. Oh, uh, no. What was it up to when it when it went away? Three, like 30 or something. Whew, it, it's gotten higher period. since then. But back oh. then, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Do I have enough gems to restore the streak? No, I don't. No. <laughs> yeah, I I think my longest one was about 150. And I was actually kind of relieved because I wasn't working on something specifically at that point. I was reading some other books and just kind of using Chessable as a resource. And then when I lost it, I was like, okay, now I don't have to worry about like, did I log in today and did I do a line? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy now. It's almost back to 100 and I'm, I'm, oh. I'm working on it a lot right now. Okay, so we are at, what are we at here? 1700, 1600? Yes. Okay, and are, have we hit a plateau or are you still just like this boundless, endless climbing that is making all of my listeners jealous? Well, it felt like every 50, 50 points was a huge plateau. Oh, okay. So everything from 1300 all the way to 1700, I'll get stuck at 50 points for a good like four months and then break it a little bit uh. and stuck at 1550, break it. But every 50 points is a a massive mountain to climb that, oh, now I know the openings. Now I'm so good at certain tactics. It doesn't matter anymore because everyone's good at that. So now I had to be a, a little bit more. Gotcha. And I just kept trying to figure out what it was. I was also going to, thankful uh, at the time, uh, a local grandmaster, Lars Bohansen. He would host uh, like monthly free lessons for the college kids. Oh, wow. So I was there every weekend I could. And uh, I attribute a lot of my improvement, early improvement to him too, because free grandmaster lessons to a poor college student, say less, I'm going to be there. Yeah, what, what kind of stuff did he do in these lessons? He actually did stuff that you should do, like visualization, hmm. going to a, a random position and say, what are the plans here? What could you do? What could you not do? Uh, it's also like heartbreaking, like in this position, in the game, the grandmaster actually calculate the next 30 moves. I just, need you, I just need you to calculate two. I was like, oh, come on. How did he need to do 30 moves? <laughs> okay, that's cool. So you're working on your calculation. You're working on visualization, evaluation, all these skills that it sounds like up until now, you're not really doing because you're just throwing pieces at the people, trying to mate them, using Correct. your tactics, using your openings. And it sounds like this is your real sort of diving into positional chess 
So you're at 1700-ish. Any books you've cracked yet? Are you still like, I'm a student. I don't need extra reading. Thank you very much. Well, I consider accessible to be books. Okay. So, so the physical books, uh, I had a couple. I still have them, but I really did not crack them too much. Just because uh, setting up the board, setting up the pieces, realizing you did something wrong, going back and forth. I felt so time constraining when Chessable did it all for me and I could just grind the positions. So I, I read about like maybe two books at that time. Okay. One of them being uh, My System, the classic. Okay. And a book that the Grandmaster Lars Bo Hansen, he made that was actually really good about attacking chess. It was about 40 pages. It was a mini one. Oh, okay. Um, what do you think of my system? I did not appreciate it at the time. Mm, okay. I thought this is pretty straightforward. This is boring. <laughs> okay, put put rooks on the open files. No duh. Uh, <laughs> control the center. Who would have thought? And I'm like, why was this so like big back in the day? This is yeah. just general principles. Mm. And then I I brought it up to. Uh, a woman grandmaster once and she told me like yeah you're looking at the book wrong the book is you should be able to just read the book without board and just go through it and be like oh, okay boop yeah i should be more solid than xyz and when she told me that i was like oh i am dumb i did not see it that way mm -hmm. i just thought it was just an old hundred year old book that has no basis in today's world interesting yeah and i think i feel like the assessment of that book is pretty all over the place especially a lot of sort of like GMs who grew up in a different era where there weren't as many resources, really consider that to be one of the best books and recommend it to everyone. And then it feels like a lot of people who read it today find the language to be kind of dated. Um, and just, it feels like one of the earlier versions of these books. And we have many that have sort of been written since then that have sort of improved upon them. So it's, it's really interesting to hear all the different takes on that book. So it sounds like you didn't love it. Do you feel like you got something out of it or no? Were you just like, no, he's just repeating the concepts I already knew. Yeah, basically. I just felt like that. Okay. Now, looking back, I could appreciate it, what it did for chess, but I think there's way more resources now that tell, tell chess way better and concise. Okay. How about chessable courses? What are you using other than your short and sweets in this period? Have you found anything else you like? Well, I found a video series from Chessbase, uh, Lawrence Trent. He made us a, a really good uh, Smith Mora series. Okay. And I, I'm a gambiter. I'm a, I love giving up a pawn for activity. So there was no chessable course for the Smith Mora. So I painstakingly put the Chessbase video line by line into my own chessable repertoire. <laughs> I did. I couldn't publish it obviously. It's not my yeah. chess. Yeah, yeah. But I would repeat that that repertoire. A good amount of times like every day basically hmm. and uh the moral gave me my best wins in all the chess so i still love it that's awesome i think that's one of the most underappreciated facets of chessables that you can actually put your lines in what i end up often doing is i'll take a course it has a million lines i'm not interested in them all i'll combine courses and then i build my own based on the repertoire that I've decided I want to play and, and I do it that way. So yeah, I, I think most people either are unaware of that or they're just kind of like, that takes too much time. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna build my own course. But yeah, I, I get that. That seems to work really well.
Um, any uh, end games yet? I haven't heard a whisper about end games. Do you even know what an end game is? Or do you do. either win in the middle game or lose in the middle game? Well, prior, like the 1200 to 1700 range, I'm winning in the middle game. I'm hoping they resign. I get the basic ladder checkmates. I get the basic, yeah. you know, batteries. Uh, but my chest really started to evolve at like 1700 because I plateaued heavily then. I'm like, why? Why am I trying so hard when I could just go to a better end game? Probably saw it in some video. So now my chest style is very aggressive into I see a good end game and I just convert to the end game and I have a for sure win instead of 40 more extra moves of maneuvering. Yeah, but how do you know an end game is good if you're not studying end games? Uh unfortunately, YouTube videos. <laughs> okay. So more I, YouTube videos. Now I, just focused on end games. I feel like uh, I had a chess coach years after in like 2020 it, when I moved to Miami and I told him all the same thing. Like I basically just used YouTube and like two books and I made it to this level. And he's mm -hmm. like, that's good and all, but that's trash. You should not do that. That's <laughs> get you to do some real classical trading, which yeah. is understandable. But YouTube is so good because it spoons, food, it spoon feeds me the information. Mm -hmm. This is a good end game. This is why X, Y, Z, it's good. In books, like, you know, I had to read a couple of chapters and then I'll understand that concept. Yeah. While on YouTube, I'll have Brad Masters just saying, you know, understandable terms. Yeah, I think that that interaction seems to expose a bias that I think we have in our community towards books. And I think a lot of it is a lot of the older people, such as myself, there wasn't such a thing as YouTube when I was a kid. So the way my brain has oriented is books are how you learn. YouTube is what you do when you're just messing around. But I think other people, YouTube, that is how they learn. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that. So it sounds like for you, YouTube probably is and videos are, are just your you know, preferred way of learning. So it makes sense then that, that you would watch these videos and, and grasp them quickly. Do you have, uh, or did you find any endgame videos by like one creator that were especially great? Or is it just kind of putting together all these different people? It's pretty much putting together all these different people. Now I slowly have like more preference. Like I like chess videos a lot. He okay. puts a lot of good instructive for every single level. Uh, St. Louis Chess Club still puts out really good videos weekly. Okay. And, uh, and mostly also uh, just watching live tournaments. And seeing the commentary say, oh, 5v went to this end game because of the pawns are going to run up. And it's like, oh, that's so simple. Why don't I just do that? Oh, wow. That's interesting. I don't, it's funny because I think when I listen to commentary, I can't get as much improvement advice from it. It's like if I just hear a, a phrase that goes in my brain and then goes out the other ear, I have to like read it in a book and underline it and think about it and ponder it. Uh, I'm just jealous that you're able to uh, listen to somebody say something and be like, got it. So that's great. Yeah, I've been listening to lately, um, I think his name is Chess Geek. And he, oh, he's, he's going good. through 100 Endgames You Must Know. And so I've been both reading 100 Endgames You Must Know and then watching his video of them. And they're they're quite good. Okay, so we are doing Endgames now um where are we at in our journey so we were 1700 
You said you got stuck there for a little while. What did you do that got you out of that plateau? I think you said end games. Anything else? Um, so at this point, I started going. I finished with college. So I'm like, now I have more time, hypothetically. Uh, so I started going to, I found a local IM in Miami, uh, Alejandro. And he was really old school way of teaching. We'll sit there, no pieces on the board, talk about the position, try to visualize. And that helped a lot. I think I went from 17 to 1800 there. And since I, all my chess improvement happened in Orlando, no one knew who I was in Miami. So now it's just a kid coming, uh, beating everyone at 1700 level. He was a bit impressed, nice. but then the pandemic happened and I stopped going, unfortunately. Okay. I could, I still don't go just because uh, I'm a bit lazy and uh, <laughs> I already just uh, do chess openings or chess, the type of chess studying from my house now. But he was a great coach and that helped me from 17 to 1800. Okay. So getting some really direct coaching, working on visualization. Question, you said your goal was 1800. Were you tempted at all when you hit 1800 to be like, did it, I made my goal, good night, everybody. It's time to go play a different game. I had that temptation. And one of my college friends, he, he did that. He hit oh. 1800, he quit the game, he only plays poker now. And he's like, I'm done with chess, I did what I wanted to do, which is fine. But that was so heartbreaking for me because he was one of my rivals. We were both climbing the rain ladder together. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm 1,600. Now he's 1,600. I'm 1,700. So when he quit, I'm like, damn, I can't let that be me. <laughs> and uh, also, unfortunately, you think you'll be happy when you hit a certain rain level, but you're not. Yeah. You hit 1,800, and then you, you beat some other 1,800. Like, I could easily be 1,900. Uh -huh. I could yeah. easily be 2,000. And then when you hit these, like, okay, this is not that great because – a national master could destroy me with his eyes closed and make me feel like I don't know how to play chess at all. So mm -hmm. that satisfaction never comes really, unfortunately, for me. It's, it's so weird because I look at him even like 2,600s are miserable, right? Because they're like, yeah, I'm only 2,600. That 2,700 crushes me. And then the one time I played Magnus, it wasn't even close. He just destroyed me. And you're like, is the only person who's happy in chess is the world champion? And then even that guy's like, ah, I don't even want to defend my title. It's not worth it. Yeah, that's how I feel now. Like, no one's going to be happy. Everyone sucks at this game. Even Magnus sucks at this game because if he plays Stockfish, he'll get crushed. Yep. So I don't feel too bad being losing games anymore because we all suck. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at as well. It's, it's something that I try to help people grapple with who are like, I have a friend who's a thousand and he's always like, oh, I dropped a piece. I can't wait till I'm your rating level and I don't drop pieces. And I was like, do you want to see 12 games where I dropped pieces? One of them's a queen. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, this is not the ratings level where you stop dropping pieces. And he is just like, that doesn't make me feel good, man. That's just depressing. And I was like, I don't, well, I'll tell you, chess is a cruel game. Um, real quick, your friend who quit chess at 1800, what was the reason? Was it just too much of a time commitment? He just, he hit what he wanted to do and he just moved mm -hmm. on. He also won uh, his rating bracket at the Southern Open. So he got... And then walked I, away? Well, I think he played like another year or two, and then he walked away. But he won his $900. He's like, I did everything I wanted to do. Now time to play poker where I can make real money. Like, okay. all right. That's fair. So he got his payday, reached the rating goal he had, and moved on to other pastures. 
He yeah. somehow escapes and we're all still trapped. <laughs> I like to think uh, it's a fun time, but okay. Um, okay, so you're at, where were we here? 1700 1800. or 18, 1800? 1800. Okay, so you're 1800. Are you plateauing here or is it just a brief stint at 1800? Two years at 1800. That's a From pretty 2020 long. to 2022, basically. Yeah, it took forever. Oh, wow. And During I was still- that period, did you consider stopping at all since you had reached your goal and you were kind of stuck here? Nah, at this point, like a lot of my life is surrounded by chess. So it's okay. just like time to keep trying to get better. Okay. And um, I ended up seeing on Twitter a lot of people were doing 100 days of chess challenge. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I mostly lurk on Twitter. I just hide in shadows. I like everyone things, but to start posting for real okay so uh there i started doing tactics every day chessable heavy every day different videos actually opening my chess books that i just mm-hmm. been leaving on the bookshelf and just grinding 100 days as much as i could trying to be well-rounded and uh i eventually broke 1900 during the challenge which felt good actually felt rewarding and then shortly after the challenge i finally hit 2000 Wow. which is something I never thought I would see. Um, and at that same time, right before 2000, I ended up finding a new uh, coach that we did lessons over Zoom. Hmm. And he was an international master in Florida, uh, John uh, Ludwig. And he was really cheap for his rates. He's like, say, since you're actually like 1200 USCF, I could just give you cheap lessons because you don't take too much work compared to my higher level students. Oh, wow. Interesting. So I had... A lot more discipline now, and then a real chess coach that can meet over Zoom, so I don't have to set up pieces and drive yeah. an hour or two. So I think that's what helped that last push to 2000. So wait a second. So you are 2000. Is this on chess.com? Yeah, I think it's like 2010 right now. But who's that, counting? Is it Rapid or Blitz? Uh, Blitz and Bullet. Okay. Uh, rapid, I which is my new goal is to get my Rapid over there, but it's it's a lot easier when you have time to think. Yeah. So okay. So you're two thousand blitz, and what do you say? You're twelve hundred USCF. Correct. Oh, I feel bad for the person who has to play you in your comeback tournament. It was really annoying because uh, most tournaments I wanted to go to, I had work or like school tests. Uh, so the army, like the army reserve, you only work one month, uh, one week in a month. Mm-hmm. and in the summer for a month and for some reason my commander finds every weekend there's a chess tournament and puts <laughs> us to work there so i can't have an excuse and i missed out a lot of good tournaments there but the few tournaments i was able to do i either went two and a half or i got two like i panicked or i choked on some easy position back in the day this was like early college days Okay. So now I'm ready to come back and actually wreak havoc. Yeah, so when was your last over-the-board tournament then? Last one was last year at the Turkey Bowl in Florida. Okay. And I started off real good. I beat the two highest people in my section. The third game, I choked the easy tactic, mm. and I still have nightmares over it. <laughs> the fourth game, I was tilted because like I shouldn't have lost that game, and I lost in like 10 moves because I just – was so angry yeah. and then the last game i ended up winning against like a nine-year-old girl but wow. those kids are, are monsters so that was yeah. actually the, 
the hardest game. It was like 100 something moves. Wow, my goodness. Yeah, my new nemesis is like 10. So that's that's been uh, that's been fun. Um, okay. So what's happening with over the board chess then? Are you kind of like eyeing anything? Is your goal to win prize money? Is it to improve your rating? Is it to have fun? What are you looking at for over the board? All of the above. I, I definitely finally want to get paid after spending infinite hours. Uh-huh. I definitely want to get my rating to match my real world rating. Because I've played people who are rated like 2,000 on uh, over the board and I beat them. So I'm like, uh-huh. I, there's no way a 12, 1300 player should be able to beat you. There's too much of a rating. So my gap is way too big. Hmm. And that way uh, I can actually put on my Twitter bio that I'm an expert level player, hopefully. I mean, you can put whatever you want on your Twitter bio. <laughs> but yeah, that would be nice. I would love to be able to get the two in front of my number pretty much on any platform. Even though I'm like 17 something on chess.com, my Lee Chess Classical, which is the only place I play, is still only about 1850. But the reason is, I mostly schedule games against people and then they're like oh yeah I don't play on Lee Chess so my ratings you know 1500 or whatever it starts at but they're really you know like 2200 or whatever because they're like 1900 USCF it's pretty funny so whatever ratings are whatever but I wouldn't mind having a 2000 somewhere you're you're living my dream currently I know it like on Lee Chess I think my rapid hit like 2280 or something around there that's pretty Which good. Which felt real good because I started doing like more rapid games, trying mm-hmm. to do more classical, but it takes so long. And I'm like, I don't have time for this. I'd rather play 20 blitz games, which is really <laughs> unhealthy. <laughs> I feel like if you have time for 20 blitz games, you have time for a rap game for sure. But that's like the post-mortem you realize, like, I really just spent this much in time. I might as well just play one classical. So that's yeah. uh, my goal now is Stop being a degenerate. Stop playing so much splits, and actually go to over the board tournaments. Okay, I I'm gonna give you a suggestion. This is what I started doing. Is I just picked one night a week, and I said, okay, Monday nights at 7 p.m. I'm gonna play one classical game on Lead Chess. I'll either schedule a game or get a random game. But that way, it was like I had some accountability there, right? Like I I knew this was my classical window and I would even do like puzzles to get ready for it. And I wouldn't play any blitz beforehand. Cause I didn't want to like put myself in a blitz mindset, but I kind of like just carved out that one time for myself. So I don't know if that would work for you, but for anyone out there who's uh, playing endless blitz, I, I think it works pretty well to kind of like schedule that for yourself. I'm a big scheduler. So that'll probably be my saving grace into the next tournament that comes up. I think there's a Florida State tournament, but that's, I think actually this weekend, which is really bad because I should have been prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a Turkey Bowl, of course, on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm actually playing in a big tournament this weekend in LA. So that is pretty exciting. By the time this episode airs, it will have been last weekend. Um, and that's why I'm recording it ahead of time so that when I get back from my tournament, I don't have to do a mad scramble to try to find somebody to talk to um all right well you're at 2000 what are you doing now has this been a long plateau did you just hit this rating what are we doing with us i hit this back in march or may one of the m months 
But mm, no. now it's just been, uh, which is really funny. My opening preparation is absolute trash now. Uh, I kind of don't remember the lines I've learned at 1300 and 1400. I just kind of uh, get out the opening and play chess, which is okay. good or bad. Uh, I use aim chess a lot. Mm. I paid for the premium so okay. I can see my actual mistakes and do some visualization practice. And thankfully, as of like two months ago, my area finally has a chess club. Oh, that's So great. I've been playing over the board in person some rapids, some blitz. Unfortunately, or regularly, everyone is like 1,200 rating. So I'm just beating up on everyone. But I'm also teaching them. And there's only one national master that comes. And I'm just like waiting every day. Like, when is he coming? When is he coming? Oh, yeah. I get my practice games against him, then rinse and repeat next week. Okay, that's cool. And and does... Is- does this person feel the same way? Like you're the highest rated person other than them. So it's like, you're, you guys are looking forward to seeing each other. Yeah, absolutely. Cause uh, right. as soon as he comes, we play each other for five hours straight, just tunnel vision. Oh, that's amazing. Do you guys do any analysis or is it just, just playing? Uh, just like the, at the end of a blitz game, like, Hey, where did this go wrong? You did X, Y, Z. Like, Oh, dang. All right. Next game. And, are you uh, able to take any games off this person? I am, which feels good. Ooh. My best record was nine games to 14 games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it, it started off five to one, and I felt real good. I'm like, I'm about to go home. Man. It's yeah, time, time to go, go home. Then he took my lunch money after another couple, two hours. Okay. But he definitely is significantly better than me. Uh, I think the last time we met up, he beat me eight times in a row, and I was like, all right, I am going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you probably went home. And used aim chess. And when you signed up, you probably used the code Dr. Skull 30. Get yourself a 30% discount and to, and to support the show. So, yeah. That's exactly what I did. Did you like how I wove that plug in there? I think that was pretty good. That's so pretty seamless. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a real professional over here. Okay. So, what's the plan? You've been stuck at 2000 since the M's. What are you doing to try to break through? I now it's not caring about the online numbers. I got that pretty two next to my name. Now it's to get the 2000 next to the real name, Mm. the USCF name, which uh, it shouldn't be too hard, hypothetically, because a couple years ago when I was 16, 1700 on chess.com, I played in the amateur team South event, which has no money, but it's a cool Mm. team event, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I ended up playing. A 1680 that won the prior tournament, I beat him like very quick. I played a 1750 kid, beat beat him real bad, and then I choked the last game <laughs> against like a 1400. Okay, uh, that sounds great. But like hypothetically, I could beat these people at 17 1800 level. So now it's just to make it over the board, and hopefully my work allows it. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's sort of the next question, right? Like you've had all this time to just pour into your chest hours every day. And we've seen you go from 750 to 2000, but you're starting up med school. You're in the Army Reserve. Are you worried that you will not be able to make any more pushes? No, I think uh, if you're just deep into chess, you're going to find a way. You'll find some side tournaments. You'll find anything to distract yourself from real life and play some chess or just enjoy the game 
I think I'm too far into foot now. Okay. Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. But you think you're going to still be able to make progress. What are your goals right now? Do you have specific rating goals or is it just simply get your USCF rating to catch up to your online ratings? That's, that's the main goal. Of course, if I got 22 or 2300 online, that would be pretty nice. But uh, I'm trying to do a tunnel vision to one thing only at the time. Okay. I feel like <laughs> if I was 2000 on chess.com, my goal would be NM. That would be my new goal. I, the NMs I play, they beat me so easily. I'm like, <laughs> how, they are a whole mountain away. I think I'm oh, close, but interesting. the skill gap from 21 to 2200 is massive. Right. So it's like you get to, you climb the mountain that is to 2000. You're like, I'm at the top of the mountain. And then you look up, you're like, oh my goodness. This is actually I, just like the pre-mountain. I have even begun. Exactly. <laughs> Okay. So what are you doing to, to try to, to bring your USCF up to 2000? I mean, it sounds like play in some rated events, which is a good first step. Is there anything targeted about your studying or just kind of keep doing the same stuff? I just keep doing the same thing. I have like a daily checklist of like five things I do every day. Sometimes I do it early. Sometimes I do it like 10 minutes before midnight and panicking. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And what's on your checklist? uh, I do Tactics on chest tempo. I do aim chest, the 15 exercises they give. Okay. I do my lines on chessable. And unrelated to chess, I also do Duolingo to learn oh. a new language. Okay, that's cool. Because uh, my, my girlfriend's family all speaks Italian. And mm-hmm. I thought knowing Spanish will help me with Italian. But apparently, they're two different, different, two different languages. <laughs> they are indeed that. <laughs> So my streak of everything now is like 950 days. Oh, wow. I try to be consistent. Maybe some free streaks here and there, but Mm -hmm. overall, I think consistency will help me the most because if I study hard for like five hours one day and then skip the rest of the week, there's really no point. Yeah, I really subscribe to that as well. Just the every single day. I was doing the sort of 100 days of chess like last year. And then I just kept going. It's turned into something like 600 days of chess. And it's just like, I don't need to post every day. And I even got to the point where I'm no longer writing down what I'm doing every day, which feels great because now, I don't know, I I felt like, okay, I got to record that five minutes. I got to record that five minutes. And now I'm just more naturally doing it. But I am a little sad that when I look back in six months, I won't be able to see all of the things I was up to. So I'm a little bit torn on which way I like better, but I'm currently not writing it down, but still doing a lot of I work. I prefer that way because the anxiety of writing it down or I got to make my Twitter posts of day 68. Actually, yeah. it's day 68, 69, and 70 because I forgot to post. Yeah. Um, not posting and just studying is actually the most important thing. At first, it's nice when you have like the social stigma. Like everyone knows I fell off, but after <laughs> you have your habit down, it's fine. I yeah. Think, uh, Nick Vissel still yeah. posting like, day 300. I'm like, bro, you could, you could stop. It's day yeah. 300 of a hundred days of chess. Like, damn, man. <laughs> yeah. I love those postings because it's just all the more motivation, right? You're like, Nick is crushing it. I can crush it too. Good job, Nick. Um, do you feel like you are a part of the chess punks community then? Cause it sure sounds like with a hundred days of chess and being an adult improver, who's really trying to get better. Do you resonate with that community? I 100% do. It's so much nicer having people to even talk or read about chess. Because for a couple of years, it was just like me 
in my corner of my room watching YouTube videos. Mm. And now I get to see what everyone's doing in tournaments and talk to about that. I schedule a couple of games, uh, classical and chess punk tourneys, which is really nice. nice. Uh, so I get a lot of good practice there just because of the community. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I've always been so happy with how supportive they are. And, and like you said, have, I think having a group that you work with helps motivate you and just like like you said with you and your rival guy chasing each other up the ladder I used to have a, a group like that and I think that's one of the things I'm missing in my journey this time around and chess punks kind of fills that void a bit uh we're getting low on time here let me ask you about coaching real quick it sounds like you've had a couple coaches at different times and they have had impacts um what do you think is it about coaching that has had the greatest impact on you? Why, what has been good about having a coach? Uh, they all have different styles, which is really nice. Of course, different people will teach different ways, but like one of the Miami coaches, when he got me really good on visualization, I never practiced visualization before. Mm -hmm. Like I'll calculate tactics in my head, but that's about it. But we'll be going through whole games with blank boards. And I was like, okay, this is, this is real chess training. Like, oh God, I'm not ready for this. But I still did pretty good. And then my current one, Sean uh, Ludwig, he's really good at like pinpointing why I suck, which is uh, really nice. Okay. He's like, hey, you keep doing this in these games, take your time. You don't have to win it in two moves. You can win it in 10 moves. Just pump the brakes a little bit. Like, All right. So that, the directedness helps. And yeah. then, uh, the old grandmaster, uh, Lars Bohansen, he was just really good at like, hey, free lessons when I'm 1200 level, I'll, t I'll take anything. I don't yeah. necessarily remember much exact what, they, what he did, but he was just so nice. And I think a lot of my early chess improvement, I owe to him. Gotcha. So it sounds like just the, the notion of having somebody better than you who can really point out what's going wrong, that alone is really useful. Absolutely. There yeah. was a, a player in my chess club at UCF. He was a national master. And we got a position on the game. And I'm trying to calculate. If knight take, then horse, then bishop take, then king takes, this whole giant variation, there's like eight pieces involved. And he just instantly played the move. I, I stopped him. Like, how did you calculate <laughs> all that yeah. in like two seconds? And then he hit me with a simple oh, you have three attackers. I have five attackers. Five is bigger than three. I will win. doesn't matter. There you and go. that kind of like changed my world. Like, <laughs> wow, you can just do that? That's a thing? <laughs> yep, it's a good shortcut. Ah, yeah. I was actually taking a lesson yesterday or the other day with Gopal, and I had sent him a game. And I was like, hey, I want to go over this game because I felt good about this game. But like 10 moves later, suddenly I felt terrible about it. And the computer was suspicious the whole time. I'm just curious what you think. And he had like 30 sample games where he was like, I'm going to show you what other people have done with this position and how they've used it well and how they've gotten beaten with this position. And it's just having someone like that who has that wealth of knowledge who can really help you understand your own play and games. For me, I feel like, that's where coaching is just so invaluable. You know, like you sure you can do it on your own, 
but having that person who's better than you to kind of like lead you along, I think is so valuable. That guy is a 10 out of 10 coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gopal, Gopal knows what he's doing, man. <laughs> he's not messing around. Um, all right. Well, Raphael, this has been a really wonderful interview. You really pinpointed what has worked for you on your journey. Hopefully my audience can take some of that and say, yes, I can use that on my own journey. And I'm just going to summarize real quick. It's in, This is what I mean, Raphael. Whatever is your best way to learn, do it a lot and love it. And that's how you're going to get better. Is that a good summary? A thousand percent. I was enjoying every single 50 ratings climbing up the mountain for sure. Gotcha. And so it's about the mountain climb, not necessarily about the rating. I still can't believe your goal was the quite modest 1800. I say modest. And I haven't even reached that yet, but still like, that's just such a reasonable goal compared to the goals we usually hear from people. All right. Well, thank you so much. Where can people get hold of you if they want to follow up? Because I think people will have more questions. Uh, my Twitter is probably the easiest one. It's Rose Rosado. And if they want to play games online, either on chess.com or Lee Chess, my username is City because I made it, you know, a decade ago. But it's City, like C-I-T-Y? No, no, no. It's just funny. That's what I'm trying to say. It's a uh, biggest boss, but oh. the boss is spelled like sauce. <laughs> Okay. They'll, they'll see on my, my Twitter handle if they yeah, get yeah. curious. Okay. That's cool. All right. Well, once again, thanks, man. What, what amazing progress in many ways. You're my idol and hero. I just wish I could watch videos and get information from them. Instead, I watch videos and then I'm immediately like, what else can I do at the same time and not learn anything from this video, which is not how you learn from videos. It's, it's a sports. Everyone wants sports. It's the same thing. You yeah, know. exactly. The difference is, though, like when I'm watching a basketball game, I'm not like, I need to admire Steph Curry's form and then go out <laughs> in the yard and practice that form. Instead, I'm just like, boom, what a three. That was amazing. And that's how I watch chess videos. That's the problem. That is the problem. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And to everyone out there, I hope this is the week when you reach all your ratings, goals, and glories. And if it's not, don't worry. That's normal. Plateaus are normal. Come back next week. I'll have another guest for you and we'll give you some more ideas and thoughts to help you on your own journey. Bye, everybody.